Sermon 12.1 Jesus said that he desires mercy and not sacrifice. Matthew's 12th chapter, verses 1 through 8. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples were hungry and began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. But he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priest? Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priest in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Yet I say to you that in this place there is one greater than the temple. But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Is the Sabbath such an important day for the religious? Jesus' disciples were hungry on the way, and so they plucked heads of grain and ate them on the Sabbath. Seeing this, the Pharisees denounced Jesus and his disciples. Their accusation was that Jesus and his disciples broke their regulations about the Sabbath. But the Lord said to them, Have you read what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the showbread which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priest? And he continued to rebuke their flawed thoughts, saying to them, Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priest in the temple profaned the Sabbath and are blameless? The Pharisees needed to listen to the Lord's rebuke and had to turn around their way of faith according to what he told them. The Lord said to them, If you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. What our Lord said here is that he desires us more to seek God's mercy and the right faith than to have zeal for any religious rituals. For the Jewish people, the Sabbath was an extremely important religious day. Just as Christians keep the Lord's Day, the Jewish people kept the Sabbath from the sunset on Friday to the sundown of Saturday. Keeping this day was very important for them, for to do so was to obey the will of God and His commandments. 
So as they thought that Jesus and his disciples took the Sabbath lightly, which they themselves considered is so important, they came to accuse them of unlawfulness. But the Lord said, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. He said, if you had known what my will is, you would not have denounced my disciples. Regardless of how important the Sabbath might be for the Jewish people, how could it be such a great sin for the Lord's disciples to pluck grain heads and eat them out of their hunger? Although the regulations about the Sabbath were strict, how could it be wrong for someone to work to save the dying on the Sabbath day? We can all regard this as nothing wrong. For if we see from God's perspective, his mercy is greater than his law. Is this not the case? When David was fleeing and hiding from King Saul, there was a time when he was so hungry that he ate the showbread in the temple of meeting, which only the priests were allowed to eat. The priest that served in the temple at that time gave the showbread to David to eat. As such, the Pharisees should have known that in God's domain, his mercy prevails over the commandments of the law. They shouldn't have forgotten that the priests had worked for the remission of their people's sins even during the Sabbath. They should have also known, therefore, that when the priests worked in the tabernacle during the Sabbath, this did not mean that they profaned it. Jesus told his accusers that even though the priests failed to keep the Sabbath in the tabernacle, they were still blameless. Given this, Jesus argued how they could condemn his disciples as sinners for plucking heads of grain and eating them on the Sabbath. They surely could not do this. Our Lord's will is to bestow the mercy of God on everyone. It is not sacrifice, in other words, that our Lord wants from us. Of course, that the Lord does not desire sacrifice does not mean that he does not want us to worship him. In the age of the Old Testament, giving sacrificial offerings was fitting. But now in this age of the New Testament, our Lord is saying to us, instead of having zeal for the religious rituals and commandments, you must believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit to stand before my presence. I have saved you from all your sins out of my mercy with this gospel. The faith that the Lord wants all of us to have is for us to believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit given by him and thereby be remitted from all our sins and receive eternal life. Our Lord has never, ever wanted legalistic faith from us for he wants to bestow God's merciful love on us. 
We need to correctly understand the meaning and purpose behind what our Lord said, that he does not desire sacrifice, but mercy and believe in his word properly. What the Lord is saying to us here is that he is more pleased by the faith that desires the gospel of the water and the spirit, the God-given gospel of mercy, than any worship that is bound by religious, ritualistic, and dogmatic necessities. The Lord does not want us, in other words, to give religious and ritualistic sacrifices but he wants us to receive the remission of our sins by hearing and believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit. This is what pleases our Lord more. Therefore, by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit, we must receive the remission of our sins, become righteous, and live the kind of life that glorifies God giving us his salvation through the gospel of the water and the spirit is the gist of God's will toward us. The Lord does not want to receive something from us, but he wants to bestow his mercy on us. What the Lord spoke to us about is not legalistic faith, but the gospel word of the water and the spirit. He is pleased more by the faith that believes in this gospel truth. And furthermore, this is the fundamental will of God. Our faith in the gospel of the water and the spirit, the truth of salvation that the Lord has given us, is what he wants from us and what pleases him more than for us to faithfully keep the Lord's day. This means that we must accept the love of God even more willingly, believe in it more, and be more thankful for it. The Lord's will is not for us to have zeal for legalistic faith, but for us to have the faith that believes in the great love that God has bestowed on us. We must realize that our Lord is more pleased by this faith. The purpose of our lives of faith cannot be to keep the law of God. Our Lord is pleased when we place more importance on believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit through which he has washed away all our sins. The Lord is, in other words, much more interested to see that everyone receives the remission of all his sins and that all become God's own children. Put differently, the Lord is telling us to believe in God's love and mercy that have blotted out our sins through the gospel truth of the water and the spirit. He is saying that this kind of faith is the blessed faith that believes in God's merciful love. This is the faith that pleases God. The Lord wants to bestow God's great love of mercy on us. 
And he also wants us to have the faith that believes in the gospel of the water and the spirit, the faith that remits us from all our sins and brings eternal life to every one of us. Would the Lord be pleased if all of us keep the Lord's day faithfully? No. Had we been capable of keeping the law of God to perfection, even for a single day, the Lord would have to say so. But this is not who we are. None of us could ever achieve this. Can you and I be confident that we would keep the law of God faithfully? None of us has this confidence. What is your understanding of the purpose of the law? Did he give us the law so that we would keep it faithfully? Or did he give it to us so that through his word of the law, we would recognize our sins and realize that we are grave sinners and so that by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit that saves us from all our sins, we would be remitted from all our sins? How have you been taught? Fundamentally speaking, we are nothing more than masses of sin who were born with all of the ingredients of sin through our parents of the flesh and who are always constantly committing countless personal sins. Mark 7, chapter, verses 21 through 23. God gave us his law through Moses so that we would recognize our sins. Romans 3, chapter, verses 21 through 23. And by doing so, he has led us to Jesus Christ. Galatians 3, chapter, verse 24. In short, the purpose for which the Lord gave us God's law is so that we would believe in the gospel word of the water and the spirit, the very manifestation of God's mercy, and thereby receive the remission of our sins into our hearts. To lead us into the gospel of the water and the spirit is where the purpose of the law is found. Our Lord took so much pity on us that he came to this earth to blot out our sins, was baptized by John the Baptist, shed his blood on the cross, and by thus fulfilling all righteousness. It is by giving us the gospel word of the water and the spirit in this age and time that the Lord has washed away all our sins once for all. God is pleased, in other words, by those of us who have received this remission of our sins from him through our faith in the gospel of the water and the spirit. Our Lord said, that he desires mercy and not sacrifice. Jesus said, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. We need to understand this passage properly and believe it properly within the gospel truth of the water and the spirit. 
Do you and I now have faith in the gospel of the water and the spirit that the Lord has given us? We must believe in this true gospel and we must love him sincerely from the depths of our hearts. We need to realize the Lord has truly blotted out all our sins with the gospel of the water and the spirit and thank him for it. And we must believe in this forever. All of us had been the kind of people who could never, ever keep the law of God, no matter how much we wanted to do so. So we were always insufficient before God. But for such people like us, the Lord has given us the gospel word of the water and the spirit, and he has clothed us in his great love of mercy. Given this, how could we then insist on holding on to legalistic faith? Constantly ruminating the gospel of the water and the spirit, we should give thanks to the Lord more and more. Our faith must always rejoice in the gospel of the water and the spirit. That the Lord has delivered us from our sins is God's great love of mercy. By saying, I deserve mercy and not sacrifice, the Lord is telling us that God is pleased with those who have strong faith in the gospel of the water and the spirit, but dislikes those who only have the zeal for their legalism. Now, because we have been remitted from all our sins, thanks to the merciful love of our Lord, we are profoundly thankful from the depths of our hearts. This is why we, the believers of the gospel of the water and the spirit, are also happy to serve this gospel. Does this then mean that Jesus told us to neglect to keep the law of God? Not at all. Rather, this means that Jesus told us to believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit. When we had fallen into our sins and could not avoid but be bound to hell, our Lord had so much compassion for us that he himself bore our sins by being baptized by John, shed his blood on the cross, and has thereby forever saved us from all our sins. This is why you and I need to have the kind of faith that realizes God's great love of mercy and thanks him for it. This is the very faith that is clothed in God's mercy. And having such faith is what pleases God. However, many people's faith is like that of the Pharisees, believing in Jesus neither as the Son of God nor as the Savior who came by the gospel of the water and the Spirit. As such, like the Pharisees, armed with only legalism, they stand against those who believe in God's mercy and they live their lives of faith without even realizing that their faith is flawed. Nor do they know what Jesus Christ truly wants from them. 
but instead they think that all they have to do is just keep the law of God literally, remaining oblivious to the fact that they are actually living their lives of faith in complete vain. But Jesus did not say that everything would be okay if only everyone would just keep the Ten Commandments, such as keeping the Sabbath holy and honoring parents and the 613 statutes of the law. Instead, by giving us the law, our Lord has enabled us to recognize our sins and the result of our sinfulness. And to wash away everyone's sins once for all, the Lord has given us the gospel of the water and the spirit, and he has clothed us in God's great love of mercy. For in his eyes, no one could ever keep his law, nor was anyone fundamentally capable of achieving this. Therefore, all of us must realize and believe that God wanted to bestow his great love of mercy on us and by instead bestowing this great love on us, he has saved us perfectly. The Lord wanted, in other words, that we would be remitted from all our sins by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit. This is how those who believe in the gospel, love of the water and the spirit become the ones who believe in God's love of mercy. And our Lord has accepted those with such faith in his love and made them God's children. It is those who come before God with such faith that our Lord is pleased in. And it is those with such faith whom he has made his own people. To give us salvation, our Lord has given us the gospel of the water and the spirit. I thank our Lord for his power. He has remitted away all our sins with the gospel of the water and the spirit and has enabled us to serve our holy God. He has made us spread this gospel throughout the whole world. We must therefore remember this beautiful gospel that enables us to come before God, worship him, praise him, and glorify him with joy and clean hearts. We must not come before God with our deeds alone. If any of us were to come before God with his deeds alone, he would be no more than a hypocrite, just like the Pharisees, turning into a sinner who would perish in the end. We must come before God with our faith in the gospel of the water and the spirit, and with our confidence that he has given us the everlasting remission of sin. By believing in God's great love of mercy, we must accept the gospel word of the water and the spirit into our hearts, and by believing so, we must return our love eternally to God. We must always rejoice to believe in the salvation of the remission of sin that God has brought to us. 
It is not from keeping the law of God that we should rejoice. And you and I must remember that fundamentally. We cannot keep the law of God and we must hold on to the gospel word of the water and the spirit as the gospel of our salvation. You need to realize that there are many Pharisees like legalistics among today's Christians. Some Christians, even after believing in Jesus, try to establish their own righteousness continuously by practicing legalistic faith and are proud of it just like the Pharisees. But the faith that the Lord actually wants from all of us is not like this. He is pleased In other words, when we come before the presence of God by believing in the great love of mercy that the Lord has bestowed on us through the gospel of the water and the spirit. All that our Lord wants from us is to accept his mercy by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit, receive the remission of our sins through it, and praise him and glorify him for the love that he has given us. We must all remember this truth, and we must all believe in it. The righteousness and love of God revealed in the gospel of the water and the spirit is the mercy that he has bestowed on us. When this is the case, Would the Lord be more pleased when you keep the law than when you believe in this truth? Of course not. We must understand the mercy of God properly, and by believing in him, we must truly please our Lord. Between legalistic faith and the faith that believes in the gospel of the water and the spirit, we need to discern which one really pleases God. To have legalistic faith or to believe in the gospel of word of the water and the spirit, which of the two, in other words, is to believe in God's mercy? God is telling us that to believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit is to believe in his mercy. He is pleased with those who believe in his mercy. Because the Lord's mercy is fully embodied in the gospel of the water and the spirit, when we believe in this gospel truth, we come to have the faith that believes in the Lord's mercy. Every Christian in this world must reach the correct understanding of today's scripture passage and believe in it properly. Each denomination may pursue its distinct purposes and faith, but the mercy of God must be believed by all. The Pentecostals seek after the signs and miracles that were manifested in the early church era, but this is all in vain if it were not for their faith in God's mercy. Such faith withers away as soon as emotions pass away. So God demands spiritual faith from us, not humanistic faith that is based on our carnal thoughts and emotions. 
He is telling us that instead of being drawn to carnal faith, we must devote ourselves to believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit, which is the embodiment of his mercy. You need to realize what kind of faith our Lord God demands from us. And you need to know and believe in his mercy. We must believe in the love of mercy that the Lord has bestowed on us. Realize that God is pleased when we come before him by this faith and believe in his righteousness with our hearts. Therefore, you and I must keep the gospel word of the water and the spirit deep in our hearts. The Lord said that the Sabbath is his day and that he is the Lord. By giving us the true remission of sin to our hearts, the Lord has given us true rest. It is by the power of the gospel of the water and the spirit that the Lord has given us whole rest. Our Lord has given true rest to his believers, for he has truly blotted out all our sins by coming to this earth, taking upon the sins of the world once for all by being baptized by John the Baptist, dying on the cross, rising from the dead again, and thereby washing away all our sins and bearing the condemnation of all these sins. It is by our faith in the gospel of the water and the spirit that we can receive true peace of mind. All of us must devote ourselves not to what our denominations seek after, but to the faith that believes in the gospel of the water and the spirit, God's gospel. You must believe in this gospel truth with your hearts, for faith is always personal. We should not ignore the law of God itself just because the Lord said that he does not want sacrifice, for the law of God is also the word that he spoke. While the law itself cannot be the subject of our faith, it is God's standard that enables us to discern what is good or evil before him. Therefore, we could recognize our sins whenever we stand before his law and need to remember the remission of all our sins to keep realizing the mercy of God that is embodied in the gospel of the water and the spirit. As such, when we recognize the truth that we simply cannot keep the law to perfection, and when we believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit, we can all be saved from our sins. We were all bound to hell for our sins, and yet the Lord took so much compassion on us that he has saved us from all our sins by the gospel power of the water and the spirit. By coming to this earth, being baptized, died on the cross, and rising from the dead again, the Lord has washed away all our sins and delivered us from all of them. Therefore, it is by believing in the gospel love 
of the water and the spirit, the mercy of our Lord, that we can boldly come before God. If you still have sin in your hearts, then you must confess your sins before him and profess your faith in the gospel of the water and the spirit, saying, Lord, I am a grave sinner destined to hell. But I believe that you want to bestow your mercy on me in your merciful love. By giving me the gospel of the water and the spirit, you have washed me from all my sins, and I, in turn, also desire your mercy. This is the only way for you to receive the mercy of God and to live a blessed life by faith. Our Lord has become our propitiation by coming to this earth in the flesh of man, taking upon all our sins by being baptized, dying on the cross, and rising from the dead. He has thereby saved us from all our sins. This is the very love of mercy that our Lord has bestowed on us. With this love of mercy, the Lord has made us sinless. By being baptized by John the Baptist and shedding his blood, our Lord has saved us perfectly from all the curses of his law and our destruction. We must desire God's merciful love by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit. The Lord himself wants to bestow his merciful love on us and save us from our sins. And only when we believe in this love of mercy wholeheartedly can we unite with him thoroughly. It is my sincerest desire that you would all now come to know the gospel truth of the water and the spirit and believe in it with your hearts. The Lord said to us, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Do you now understand what he meant by this and do you believe in it? We must know and believe. God wanted to bestow his merciful love on us which is embodied in the gospel of the water and the spirit. By giving us the faith that saves us from our sins and by making us believe in the everlasting righteousness of God, our Lord has turned us into God's children. God wanted us to prosper in all things and be in health just as our soul prospers, 3 John 1st chapter, verse 2. It is when you believe that the Lord has saved us from all our sins that the gospel power of the water and the spirit that you can be truly saved. And by doing so, we can now become those whose faith is worthy before God. What kind of gospel do you believe in? Most Christians do not even realize that the gospel that they have is different from the gospel of the water and the spirit. Therefore, they can never figure out what the mercy of 
God is like. What do you think the merciful love of God is? That God has bestowed his merciful love on us is as the following. According to the law of God, we must all be sent to hell for our sins and suffer forever in its eternal fire. And yet, despite this, God took so much compassion on us through the gospel of the water and the spirit that he has clothed us with his mercy of salvation, which is far greater than the punishment of our sins. This is the merciful love of God. It is not because of our own merits that we have been saved from all our sins, but it is because God has clothed us with his boundless mercy of salvation. God has clothed us with true salvation through the gospel of the water and the spirit, for he took so much pity on us. To believe in this truth is the faith that enables us to receive God's merciful love. To believe in this mercy of God is only possible when we have faith in the gospel power of the water and the spirit. And to believe in this power of the gospel of the water and the spirit is to believe in the true mercy of God. Yet, in today's world, there are so many people who do not believe like this. There are way too many Christians, in other words, who do not understand today's scripture passage even after reading it and who are still mired deep in their legalistic faith. Unless people believe in the power of the water and the spirit, they cannot truly recognize God's merciful love and the true remission of sin. Unless we know the power of this gospel of the water and the spirit, we cannot know God's love of mercy. Unless we believe in the merciful love of God and trust in it, we can never be washed from all our sins. However, we see that many of today's Christians are still running toward Jesus Christ only to satisfy their carnal lust. We see that they are thereby becoming the more grave sinners before God as days go by. And we see that their hearts have never been perfectly washed, even for a single day, and that by coming before the Lord every day, while still remaining as sinners with their sinful hearts, they are hurting the Lord's heart. Therefore, we have to first believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit, and must never, ever forget God's mercy embodied in this true gospel, not even for a second. It is my desire that everyone throughout the whole world would come to reach the proper understanding of today's scripture passage of what Jesus meant when he said, I want mercy and not sacrifice. So I am telling you here that to reach an understanding on this truth properly, you must believe in the gospel power 
of the water and the spirit. We must come before God by always believing in his merciful love. Because you and I are always insufficient, we must come before God by our faith in the gospel of the water and the spirit, the love of mercy that he has bestowed on us, and we must praise him, give our thanks to him, and serve him. We therefore need to realize that it is by believing in the gospel word of the water and the spirit that we must come before God. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. John 8th chapter verse 32. It is not because we have done something that the Lord has blotted out our sins. It is only because we have accepted the God-given gospel of the water and the spirit into our hearts that we have become his own children by our faith in his works. We must never be deluded into thinking that we can pretend to be righteous by keeping the law faithfully. We have no confidence in our flesh. Philippians 3rd chapter verse 3. We must never trust in our own flesh or front our own righteousness before God. However, those who have not been born again all front their own righteousness before God 100% of the time. Let me illustrate this point with a story. There was a certain man in a country in Africa. This man was a Christian. His wife got pregnant, but his joy lasted only a short while, for he was told that there was some serious complications with his wife's pregnancy and that both his wife and his baby could die as a result. So when the doctor began to perform surgery, he sat next to his wife and prayed to God. God, if you would only save my wife and my daughter. I will flog myself every year just like the Lord was flogged on his way to Golgotha. So he promised to do this for no less than 20 years. He made a vow before God, in other words, if God would only save his wife and daughter. Miraculously, his wife and daughter both survived. The wife had given birth without any complications. So as he had promised, whenever the Passion Week came around every year, he took off his shirt and flogged himself on his back with a whip attached with sharp metal pieces. Pieces of his flesh flew around as he whipped himself all over his back with blood pouring out until he reached a memorial place of the Lord's suffering. He had promised to do this every year for 20 years, but one year he found it too hard to bear. As he bled too much and could not tolerate the pain, so he gave up in the middle and returned home, failing to keep his promise. So he then told God that since he failed to keep his vow, he would like to right this wrong by being crucified like Jesus when the next Passion Week comes around. 
and that he would fulfill his promise. And when the next Passion Week came around, he indeed crucified himself with nails, though they were not too thick, and bore the suffering, keeping his promise this time. He believed that his wife and daughters were safe because of what he did, and that if he were just to keep his vow for a few more times, he would be able to fulfill the promise he had made to God. Such faith, however, is that of those who do not know the mercy of God. They strike a deal with God saying, God, if you do this for me, I will do that for you. This kind of faith is flawed. Is God pleased by such faith? No, of course not. Is God pleased by something that we do for him? Nor is this the case. Is God pleased then by the faith of those who believe that he has washed them from all their sins entirely on his own? Or is he pleased by something we do for him? God is more pleased when we believe that he has washed away all our sins with the gospel of the water and the spirit all on his own than when we do something for him. God is pleased, in other words, when we accept his mercy in thankfulness and gratefulness with the faith that believes in the gospel truth of the water and the spirit. Of course, our virtuous deeds would please God more than not doing any of them. But we must believe that God is pleased by the faith that yearns for the love of mercy from him by believing in the gospel of salvation. Trying to do something on our own without doing so, without even believing in the gospel truth of the water and the spirit, is arrogance and pride coming from our flesh. We must always believe in God's mercy which is embodied in the gospel of the water and the spirit. Rely on it and praise God for giving it to all of us. Though we have received a remission of our sins, we must always live our lives of faith in God's mercy, within the faith that believes in the gospel of the water and the spirit. Our Lord said that he is more pleased by our faith in the mercy of salvation that he has bestowed on us than by our keeping of the law. It was to tell us this that he said to the Pharisees who had criticized his disciples for not keeping the Sabbath. It is not by keeping the law that you can please God, but it is by believing in the merciful love that God has bestowed on you, that you can please God. We need to understand what our Lord said in Matthew's 12th chapter, verses 1 through 8, that he wants mercy from us, not our motions of religious rituals. We must clearly abide in this gospel truth and believe in it. But the Pharisees, like religionists, 
are prone to emphasize God's law only in their teachings time after time. The Bible is like no other book, and so one cannot understand it unless there is the Spirit of God in his heart. There are people who have read the Bible for hundreds of times and have even memorized it in its entirety, but few of them really understand its meaning and have faith in his word. Though they are good at memorizing scriptural passages, they have no idea what these passages are actually saying and are completely oblivious to the true faith that is approved by God. But if they believe in the true gospel of the water and the spirit, they can all reach a correct understanding on every passage in the Bible. My dear fellow Christians, let us remember the gospel word of the water and the spirit that the Lord has given to all of us. And let us have faith in his boundless mercy in this beautiful gospel. By spreading the beautiful gospel of the water and the spirit throughout the world, we must let everyone know about the mercy of God. Hallelujah! I praise God who has given his boundless mercy through the gospel of the water and the spirit.